This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Yes, James 5 and 7, worth the wait. The Bible says, and I'm going to read out of the Passion uh, Bible. Uh, I like this. Uh, I like this particular translation. Five and uh, seven says this. Meanwhile, brothers and sisters, we must be patient and filled with expectation as we wait for the appearing of the Lord. As we wait for the appearing of the Lord, do you know someone that needs to see? The real Jesus. You know, when I was, uh, quote, looking for God, I found out that, you know, God was, God was interrupting my regularly scheduled programming uh, for my, my life. And at some point in time, you know, you come to that aha moment, and you think, okay, look, you know, you know, if, if uh, uh, you know, if this is how it's going to be, let's, let's find, if you're real God, all right, then I won't see that. But if you're not, if the end of this search and investigation is that you're a fake, I'm done. At least we found out. I need to know. You know, uh, but I didn't want, you know, part of my reason for staying out of church for so long was that I, I, I had the examples and the witness of people that did not have a real Jesus now. They had church and all this other kind of stuff, but out here in the real world, their life wasn't any different, man. They just had one more activity to do on Sunday, which made them feel bad about what they were doing on Monday, you know. I mean, I didn't feel bad about I was in the pursuit of happiness, you know, <laughs> ever what road that would take me down, I'm in the pursuit of happiness here. I believe that you're supposed to be happy, you know. And, and being a hypocrite was not on my list of being happy. I knew I wasn't going to live it. I did. The witness was you couldn't live it. Y'all going to church, you can't. You're not living it. So why, should, why try to make me try? You were very unhappy trying to live this thing religiously. I'm just being for real now. You, anybody know anyone like that? You know, they may curse and swear and cuss you down when you mention God, but I mean, they're just looking for the real deal. I'll tell you, God's got you around folks that have to be put in that place of betwixt and between because they are between heaven and hell. There is an eternity that hangs in the balance. There is a witness that needs to be had in their life. We are not just, listen, we, you know, people and problems go together. If we're not careful that we get all wrapped up in, you know, people will be quick to tell you their problems. If they don't, they'll show you their problems. You know, and if we're not careful, we'll bite the bait and say, well, the problem with them is they just swear too much. They carouse too much. They drink too much. They dope too much. They're too smarty, Alec. This is, no, the real problem is they need to have a, the Lord appear to them. And I'm not talking about with just him personally, you know, physically manifesting himself. They need to see Jesus. 
And they're looking at you. And they're looking at me and they're looking at the church that they've been exposed to one way or the other. And a lot of them today have never stepped into church. The church has to step into their life. You mean to tell me the reason why God's got me down here with all of these folks, they're having an effect on me. It's having an effect on me. I'm telling you, they're affecting me. I just don't think I could say, oh, I wish I had a job in the church. I wish I had all Christian people. I mean, I think, well, you need to affect them more than they affect you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, I'll tell you what now. Uh, I remember working on the job with this old boy, little Italian, Sicilian. That they, you know, just, you know, from uh, just curse every breath. Just try every trick in the book or whatever. I told him, I said, son, you don't bother me. I used to be you. Wow. Understand? You ain't going to outdo me. I'm here. To, I'm here. He goes, I don't understand why you're here. I said, I'm here for you, fool. You understand what I'm saying. He only understood that kind of stuff. He called me worse than a fool. I wasn't offended. I wasn't offended. Yeah, you preachers. And, you know, what are you doing with your... He said, how much, did, how, much, how much did they pay you every week? I said, well, obviously not enough because I'm here working with you. <laughs> he got to rent around. I worked for paper, uh, delivering the paper to give us extra copies, and I'd bring in, he loved reading newspapers, so I'd give him a paper. Well, he got to ranting around, talking, you know, insulting me and stuff like that. I shot his paper off. <laughs> it was a free subscription. He goes, hey, where's the paper? I said, you need to straighten out. Understand? I said, it's the goodness of God that I give you that paper, and I said, you're going to blaspheme God and curse me? I said, you ain't getting no paper. said, you need to acknowledge God is good and so am I. And I'm here for you. I'll give you a paperback, but you don't cuss me, understand? Be thankful and appreciative. You ought to be glad I'm here. You could go to hell all by yourself. He didn't, he wasn't offended where that was concerned. Got his attention though. Amen. We didn't have any more blasphemous problems. But listen, listen, before I left there, I had to work there twice, but before I, I left there, one day he ran he goes, you got a Bible? The only reason why he, he wanted to see a Bible was because he had seen the Bible lived. That's right, that's right. He said, do you got a Bible? I said, yeah. Well, he goes, bring it in. We're going to have a Bible study. I said, we, you know. Yes, we are. Because I'm going to win you to Jesus. You're not going to win me back to the devil. I'm done with all that stuff, son. Amen. Oh, we, we, need to, we need to have patience to grow up, become strong in the Lord, not have to be in the nursery, not have to be petted and cudgeled and all that kind of stuff. There's a place to protect little newborns, but I mean, you know, even a little pig got to learn to do it on their born out in the woods. They got to jump up and, and, and uh, run behind mama because there's coyotes all around. It don't take all that long to get up and get running, come to church, and, and, you know, listen to the Word, start growing. The days of fooling around for 20 years, you know, and uh, uh, anyhow.
Let's move along here. We must be patient, filled with expectation as we wait for the appearing of the Lord. Do you know someone that needs to see the real Jesus? Not a Bible story or Easter only Jesus, not a religious symbol, a crucifixion on a cross medallion, not a fictional but an actual factual Lord of glory. Knowing that if they only knew him, that if they could only see him as he really is, it would change their life like it's changed and is changing yours. The Bible says that we are changed and that we are ever changing as we behold him, keeping our eyes on Jesus. You know, like the Bible goes on to say here, like the, think about the farmer who has, has to, who has to patiently wait for the earth's harvest as it ripens because of the early and the latter rains. One translation says that he waits for the precious fruit of the earth. You know, precious fruit is not the possessions that the earth produces, it's people. It's people. People are precious. And God waits patiently, lovingly patient, eternally enduring, long-suffering where people are concerned to get them into that maximized moment where when he speaks, they can hear. And when he does show up, they're looking for him. They want to see him. We have to be patient for people and wait prayerfully because there's a process the bible says like the farmer you have to wait for the early rain and then the latter rain we're waiting for a process people coming to the lord is a process most people the bible uh, the uh, statistics show have to have a significant encounter seven times seven times and not just a you know a track in the bathroom in the toilet paper roll not anything against that, you know. There have been, uh, you know, there have been people saved uh, by that. But most of the effective witness comes where God places a personal witness in front of you that can pray you through that problem, you know. Not the problems, you know, uh, because you know, uh, uh, being sin is not the wrongdoing. It's not wrongdoing that, uh, that will uh, send people to hell. And it's not right doing that send people to heaven. It's separation from God. Or it's relation with God. Jesus is the central issue. He's the only way and the only answer to the sin problem. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, the, the, the fruit comes from the root, and the root is a relationship with God or separation from God. That's it. People, don't be fooled by what people do. It's who they are. Are they, are they you know, are they, are they the Lord's? Do they belong to Him? Have they accepted the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Or are they still separated from Him like we were? At one point in time. Amen. There's people. So we have to be prayerfully. We have to prayerfully be, be persistent to make progress in the process with people's lives. 
Don't give up on folks so quick. Now, there may be things, you know, you won't be the only witness in their life. There are others. There are other prayers to be prayed, but make sure that we're doing what we need to do while we're, while we're there. There are some people that I've had been able to be a witness one time in passing. There are other people that, boy, I was a witness for a long time, but that, but that, that opportunity passed. And then it was on, you know, God needed to, they needed time to process and make some progress. And other folks came along and helped where that was concerned. I, I can name the people I know were part of my process. That prayerfully helped me to progress in that process. Amen. That's the job of the church. You know, it's not just to be saved and then, oh man, me and, you know, uh, no more. I'm just happy. I'm going to heaven, you know, too bad y'all going to hell. Uh, you know, I hope it doesn't disturb you. That, and I know it's not politically correct, maybe, to say such things that there is an actual heaven or actual hell, but we don't want to be surprised by that. We don't want to be surprised as the people of God and God saying, why didn't you say something? And the witness is ours that we worked with them. We lived next to them. We, we were in their life and they go, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you say anything at all? Why didn't I even know you were a Christian? Hmm? And how are they going to know we're a Christian? By our love for him and one another. And now listen, and our neighbor. Because here's the thing, if you love them, you'll tell them the truth. Well, I told them the truth. It doesn't need to be laced with strychnine and hidden in antifreeze and, you know what I'm saying, and gasoline all over them. You hold the match saying, let me give you a little taste what it's going to be like, burn forever. Right. <laughs> Repent, fool. No, look, there's a better way. <laughs> Amen, bake them a pie. Take them out to eat. Amen. Buy him a present. Say, I've got good news. All right. All right, we've got to hurry because we're, we're running out of time here. Now, the real problem is separate is sin, not the wrongdoing. You gotta, love has to cover the wrongdoing, the wrong believing, the wrong speaking, the wrong acting, the wrong attitude, the wrong actions. Love has to cover that. Love has to, has to persevere and be patient, you know, and, and pray over the real problem. You need the real Jesus. You need a real encounter and a real experience with God. And that moment and time will come. And we need to be prepared for that. Prayer prepares people for the seed of the Word of God. This is why, listen... You, we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible word of God. Tell people what the word says. Speak the word, live the word in front of them. Prayerfully prepare them and yourself for when that moment comes to speak the word in love. Speak the truth in love. The word of God. Most, people, most Christians are woefully ignorant of, of how to lead anybody to the Lord. Just take the word of God. You know, if a man believes in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and with his mouth confesses the lordship of Jesus, 
he will be saved. That's scripture. Well, they won't understand it. Honey, it's not your job to make them understand it. That's the Holy Ghost's job. I mean, you know, you'd be surprised at how smart he is no matter how stupid we are. The light bulb can go on on the inside, just the pure word of God. Amen. People get uncomfortable around me because I think with the word of God. Now, a lot of times I just quote in scripture and I'm not doing it religiously. So, you know, the Bible says. You counter all ignorance, all that would say, well, now that's not what the Bible says. But if we're ignorant of what the Bible says, we're just ignorant along with everybody else. And that's not, listen, ignorance and being stupid is just, I don't know. I don't know. If they come to you and say, I got this problem, you go, I don't know. I don't know. Amen. Silver and gold, I have none, but what I do have. We may think we need money, but what I, what I have, here's a miracle. Let's fix the problem to, from the root. Let, here, here's the miracle you need. Oh, I've never been anywhere where they were handing out miracles. Well, welcome to Jesus' kingdom because the kingdom is at hand. He said, you go, you lay your hands on the sick, you pray the prayer of faith, we'll, we'll heal the sick. He goes, go wherever you go, just raise the dead. Isn't that right? Dead folks walking all around us. I mean, welcome to the kingdom. Why are we here? Why are we here? He ain't got nobody but you. Well, I don't know how. Come to church, we'll teach you. Amen. Amen. Come to church, we'll turn you loose on the world. <gasps> I don't know if I could do that. Well, you know, <clears throat> you never know, well, no, unless you try. Well, I don't want to go anywhere they expect anything of me. Do you go to your job? They expect anything of you. Don't go to Walmart. I mean, they'll get you for loitering. You keep walking around there. They go, you going to spend any money? You need anything? Can we help you? Oh, no, I, I, I just I don't have any expectation at all. And I don't want you to expect anything of me. How about pick something up from Walmart and start walking out the door? Hey, where are you going with that? I don't want you to expect nothing of me. I just came in here to get what I want. Don't expect nothing from me. I just want what I want, understand? This is mine. What's that noise and the blue lights? Hey! Don't expect nothing of me. God, don't expect nothing of me. I just want to be saved. Go to heaven all by myself. Pull right now. Rapture. God, I want you to, uh, I, I want everything you have, but don't expect nothing from me. No, you're in the kingdom, sweetie. You know, I tried that with my natural father, you know. Sat at his table, ate his food. Rode in his car. Expect him to fill it up with gas. Wanted a soda pop and candy bar every once in a while. Buy me a mini bike and a skidoo. You people don't have skidoos down here because, anyway, never mind. Snow machines only work properly in the snow. They do run them on water, but most of the time they have to rebuild them because when they sink, you know, the <laughs> it ruins the motor. <laughs> 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 
Down here they have skidoos that go on the water now. That's, you know, everybody has appropriate. Anyway, you know, uh, and when my dad said, you know, I need you to feed them calves, I said, don't expect nothing from me now. I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. He goes, yeah, you eat, don't you? You're alive, ain't you? We all have responsibilities where the family is concerned, don't we? Isn't that right? See, because if you don't do your job, then the little brother ain't going to eat. See? Because it's not just you. It's everyone here. It's the family. Amen? Hmm? Would it be right for tell God, don't expect nothing from me? God says, the deal is, I'm going to give you everything I am. Everything I've got. And I want the same from you. And together we're going to have a witness in the earth. Because we're going to do it for them. That's right. That's right. Amen. Because the reason why you and I are still here is for them. Not just us, but for them. Now I want you to enjoy the journey because they need to see happy. Happening now. They need to, they need to, they need to, they don't, we're not selling heaven far off. That's our eternal home. But I'm telling you what, Jesus said, pray that heaven will be here on the earth. As it is there, it should be right here. I'm happy with God. I'm happy with the life he's provided for me. Oh, it has its problems, but there, there is, it's just an opportunity. Amen. To prove God that he's alive and real. You know. We're, we're here in the muck and the mire to pull folks out like we got pulled out, right? Now listen, I'll tell you what. Now, you know, how many of you, you, know, you when you started to grow up and uh, you were being weaned from the breast, so to speak, that allowance wasn't enough money, that you came to the place in life where the three-letter word J-O-B. Thou needest a job. Because the Bible says God will give you the power to get wealth. No, I just want the wealth. No, the power to get it. That doesn't mean begging and whining, pitching to fit. It means that God give you talent and abilities and all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you had to be gainfully employed. My dad was a fairly generous man. Uh, you know, uh, he wasn't a very—he was a rough employer. Amen. Uh, but I thank God we got to the place in life where he let me graduate to, you know, you, gotta, you get a job. When I didn't have a job, I still had needs, I still had desires, but the job, being employed, becoming a worker, put me in a different level of privilege and responsibility, absolutely, but also reward. I got paid. I was rewarded for my labors. God said, the har- you don't have to pray about the harvest. It's out there. It's the workers. Well, I don't want a job now. I, I really, you know, I'd re- I need... What's going to happen to my video game time? I, 
I don't have many needs. Just put some stuff on a paper plate, slip it underneath the door. Keep paying the keep paying the keep paying the cable bill. My cell phone bill, all that kind of stuff. You know, take me you make sure there's soap in the shower. I really don't want to be gained. Listen, a lot of times we're doing this sometimes with God. He said, Don't pray over the harvest. There's no lack of work, there's a lack of workers. Amen. I got a job because I needed the money. And God's saying, yeah, you're going to get some money. You got the job, but you're there on the job for a witness. Be happy with that. Amen. Are you listening? Reckon that as the boss, I could be a better witness than just as a worker. Would I have more influence over people as the boss than I did as just a worker? What if I was the owner? And I just said, we're not working on Sunday. All the people that work for me can go to church. You don't have to, but, you know, if you work for me, I'm going to give you every Sunday off. What if I was, as the boss, I said, you know what, we're just going to take Saturday and Sunday because we're going to work, we're going to, we're going to be productive and the blessing of God is, is you know, uh, uh, you know, five-day week here. I mean, you know, we're, we're, going to, we're good. We get every weekend off. You're not going to have to work holidays and, and here's your benefit package as the owner. As the owner. Why? Because God's paying me. And I can pay out of what I'm being paid. We need to think differently here. Amen? I'll never be out of a job because my job is to be a witness. I don't care what platform God has to create. It's really what platform I believe Him for. And I haven't been too proud to go down there and stand on the line be a witness with every other, with every other Jane and Joe. And I haven't been too proud to be the owner neither. Isn't that right? Yeah. Are you listening? Are you tired of me yet? All right. Oh, I hope we're helping you in this. People have problems, all kinds and all sizes, some of them serious and some of them silly. Some of them in the light of eternity ain't going to matter who. Second Peter 3 and verse 8. I'm going to turn over there real quick and I'll close with this. I want to actually read about verse 8. It says, above all, you must understand that this Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 3, it says, In the last days, mockers will multiply, chasing after their evil desires, and they'll say, So what about this promise of His coming? Jesus appearing, this heaven and hell stuff. Our ancestors are dead and buried, yet everything is still the same as it was since the beginning of time until now. But they conveniently overlooked that from the beginning the heavens and earth were created by God's word. He spoke in the dry ground separated from the waters. Then long afterward he destroyed the world with a tremendous flood by those very waters. And now by the same powerful word the heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for judgment day when all the ungodly will perish. So dear friends don't let this one thing escape your notice a single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh. And a thousand years counts as one day. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. At some point, 
in our mortal lives here on this earth. I've seen it happen to newborns. It happens to children before they're born. It happens to old men, young men, boys and girls of all ages. At some point in time, there's the Lord's appearing. We're going to stand in front of him. We all die. This life doesn't last forever. One day, a thousand years, what does it make any different? Well, you know, generation after generation, days and days and days and years and years and years and thousands and thousands and thousands of years have passed to get us to this day. Here we are, one week, Palm Sunday, before Easter Sunday next week, and God has been waiting for you, for me, for people all around us to bring us to the place. Contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience toward you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come. And it'll take everyone by surprise, as unexpected as a home invasion. The atmosphere will be set on fire and vanish with a horrific roar, and the heavenly bodies will melt away as in a tremendous blaze the earth and every activity of man will be laid bare. Since all these things are on the verge of being dismantled, don't you see how vital it is to live a holy life? We must be consumed with godliness while we anticipate and help to speed the coming of the day of the Lord when the atmosphere will be set on fire and the heavenly bodies consumed in a blaze. But as we wait, we trust in God's royal proclamation to be fulfilled. There are coming heavens new in quality and an earth new in quality where righteousness will be fully at home. So, my beloved friends, with all that you have to look forward to, may you be eager to be found living pure lives when you come into his presence without blemish and filled with peace. And keep in mind that our Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunity for salvation. God says you're worth the wait. God says they are worth the wait. The Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunities to salvation. Pastor Ron's going to come. We'll close. An opportun- this Easter is an opportunity for salvation. Between now and and next Easter, Lord willing, I'm going to tell you what, now listen, this will be the last Easter for some people that you know and that I know. And this will be the first Easter for others because this planet, people are coming. People are departing and people are arriving. The generations come and the generations go. I'm sure that that some departing in their passing took you by surprise even this year, already last year, before, between Easter to Easter. Let's make the most of it, shall we? Let's just make the most of it, shall we? Don't worry about getting paid. God will pay his labor as well. He just has to have somebody willing to be a witness. He'll platform your life. 
He'll prosper your life. He'll protect your life. Don't worry about don't worry about getting something on you from them. You want something from you to get. Something that's on you and in you to get on them. Amen. Let's make the most of it. Invite somebody near and dear to you. This may be their moment when they are ripe. When they're ready to see the real Jesus. This may be their opportunity for salvation. Don't neglect so great a salvation that you have been graciously granted. Be saved. Live like you're saved. Enjoy the forgiveness and the goodness and the grace of God. Be happy with the Lord and with all of His great plan for your life. And when, and when people take notice of that, see, now they may ask you a question. It may come in the form of, of, of being offended, mad at your gladness. That's all right. Take the opportunity. Be patient with them. Be kind to them. Be as gentle as you can with them. Be serious. In the face of their silliness and invite them say, you know what? God's been waiting a long, long time for this Easter never been a better time when we're when the world is 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 aware either historically or spiritually religiously doesn't matter there's going there's an awareness that there was a Jesus so there is a Jesus was raised from the dead there was a crucifixion there was a good Friday there was all of these things there was a, a, a tomb with a stone a burial but there was a resurrection and there is an opportunity for salvation God's working right now. He doesn't ask us to go anywhere. He hasn't already gone. He's working in lives. You know, I'm always surprised that the people that I've written off, that God, they were at the top of God's list. <laughs> just about the time I ran out of patience, there was God and He, and he, they were just ripe and ready. And in the quietness of their own heart, God was turning hearts and changing lives. Amen. Let's believe together. If you're here today, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here today, you've never asked Jesus uh, into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Let's do that right now. Father, we just thank you uh, for the opportunity that we've had today to be with one another and to be together with you. God, I don't think it's by accident that we're here today. I know the storms have kept people scattered and different family situations, but we're here today. And Lord, we, we thank you for the special day that's coming up, but uh, on Eastern, we're believing that people will, will have an experience and encounter with you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.